If you're here, it's because you want to think seriously about your own formation as a kingdom leader. I'm Kevin Minoy, and I invite you to participate in the diverse community of Christian leaders, both anchored and reaching in the work of God. Hang on while we push deep into the crevices of leadership formation, whether as a pastor, educator, organizational leader, or business person. Let's go. Welcome to this new series called Generous Engagement. And I'm hoping that over the next four episodes, you're going to be inspired, you're going to be encouraged, and you're going to be motivated to be the hands and feet of Christ in the community around you, with your friends, and to see the church as the agent of God engaging culture redemptively to bring restoration and reconciliation. I'm Kevin Minoya, and I'm really glad that you're joining me in another series Uh, in the anchored and reaching concept, that is, remaining strongly anchored to who we are while at the same time reaching to become God's hands and feet in the mission of God in the world, bringing the kingdom near. In this series, we're going to be unpacking various principles about how to engage. We're We're going to be talking about descriptive principles of engagement. And we're going to be talking about some of the things that we tend to do as believers that might, that might actually create divisiveness around us. And so I'm hopeful that you'll listen in and that you will take note and perhaps take time to pray and reflect and apply some of these principles to your own life. This first episode, I would like to take some time and talk about why we engage. What is the point of it all? And because sometimes we talk about engagement and it sounds like this is just another word for compromise or or somehow buying what the world has to offer or something like that. Uh, All kinds of definitions might come to your mind when I use that word engagement. And, And then when I add generous engagement, it may become even more confusing. So I'd like to start by talking a little bit about why we engage. We all know that the culture that's increasingly developing around us globally, not just in one or two nations, but in the global context, is a growing pluralistic culture. In that pluralism, there are all kinds of strains and stresses causing different groups to figure out how not to offend the other and how to become like them. Well, as Christians or as kingdom people, we are confronted with some of the same questions. How do we live as kingdom people in a, glo- in a growing pluralism? There was a day when, frankly, uh, Christian faith was accepted de facto by governments and leaders and corporations. And if you talked about Christian principles, it was accepted, if not uh, celebrated. And people would kind of move over and give space to talk about uh, foundations of Christian belief and spirituality and so forth. Well, those days are kind of moving into the past, and and, uh, the de facto Judeo-Christian pattern of thinking is no longer preeminent. And 
So it's incumbent upon kingdom-minded people to, number one, accept the reality of the culture that's around us and not try to keep making it what it once was or what we thought it was, really, to accept the reality of the pluralism that's rising around us. And what that's going to force us to do is to think about how we engage that culture in different ways than assuming that everybody knows what we're talking about when we talk about Jesus or the Bible or God or spirituality or any other element of our Christian faith. With the growing pluralism in our culture, if we're not careful, it can easily result in a reaction within Christians evangelical Christians and those beyond the evangelical circles to, to kind of isolate in pockets of isolation and to create a bubble and to say, you know, I don't want to live in that place anymore because it's becoming too secular. It's becoming too pluralistic. I'm going to go live with people who think like me, act like me, worship like me, and we create these isolated bubbles of exclusivity. The other thing that it may do is it may pressure us into assimilation. How do we assimilate some of these cultural principles into our own faith, our own thinking? In political realm, it may actually result in kind of a political syncretism. Syncretism is just when, when we merge two patterns of thinking to become something that it's really a third item or something new, and it's not faithful to either of the two beginnings, but it's become something new. And, you know, Scripture has a lot to say about uh, the pattern of syncretism throughout the history of God's people. And, and the temptation is to create a political syncretism that somehow undermines the very foundations of our Christian faith. And that's happened a lot, especially in the last century, that, that occurred a lot through heavy involvement in politics by churches, Christians, and, and leaders. So we've got to realize the potential that exists here as we begin to ask the fundamental questions, how do we as kingdom people engage with a growing pluralistic culture that's changing all around us. And really, that's a question that, that has driven the church since God created the church or God conceived of the church. And really, it was the question that drove God even into attempting to express himself through various forms, a living word, a written word, the created word, um, to express himself, it was driven by the question, how, do, how does God engage a changing environment, a changing creation? So it's our question as well that drives us. How do we engage a changing culture around us? Now, it's very easy for us to assume that in answering that question, we're going to change our theology or what we believe about God, what we believe about humanity, what we believe about creation, what we believe about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the church. Big themes that form our Christian mind. It's very easy for us to assume or for you to say, well, Kevin, if you're going to talk about engagement and how to engage a contemporary pluralistic culture, that somehow you're going to start compromising and changing theology. No, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, there are some things that we all hold dear about God, creation, humanity, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the church. 
there are some things that, that weave us together in that centered identity of who we are. And we appeal to the history of the church. We appeal to the creeds of the church. We appeal to our reasoning. We appeal to one another in mutuality to ensure that we remain centered on those fundamental things that anchor us in our core identity as Christ followers and being the people of God in the world. So it's not about a question of theology. It becomes more a question about missiology, which is just a big word to describe the mission or uh, how do we fulfill our mission? And that mission, as we know, is to be the people of God, bringing the kingdom near. And we read that in scripture, making disciples, bringing the kingdom near, uh, declaring uh, the good news, the, the, the evangel, um, being God's hands, uh, Jesus' hands and feet in the world, uh, helping those who have need. All of those things. We know what the mission generally is. And so when I talk about engagement, I'm not talking about altering our fundamental core identity as much as I am talking about altering the posture of how we lean into our mission, our missiology, our process of bringing kingdom into culture. And there are various ways that that happens. We can isolate, we can create bubbles of exclusivity, we can become syncretistic, we can assimilate, uh, or uh, we could even draw hard and fast lines and say we're never gonna we're never gonna cross that line and we're just gonna kind of leave the world to its own devices, which would not be a fulfillment of the mission that God has given us. So I want to talk with us just very briefly and give you six key points that I think drive why we engage with culture around us. And the first of those is that what I call responsible engagement is really a descriptor of who the people of God are. In other words, it's endemic to our identity. It's innate within us. The people of God naturally take initiative to engage. Think about this from God's perspective. When he saw the condition of humanity in its selfish choice to eat instead of not eat and the separation that resulted from that and the brokenness that is the effect of that, God saw all of that. He didn't wait around for us to knock on the door of heaven and say, hey, please, can you help us? Or to send a message asking for help or even to pray, he saw the need and he took responsibility to initiate um, a way to engage us. God modeled responsible engagement. By responsible engagement, I mean we take the initiative, whether it's asked for or not. We see the circumstance and we move to engage. And interestingly, God moved to engage us in a way that we could understand. He engaged by becoming incarnate. He, be, he engaged by becoming one of us, you see. He took initiative. So it's a descriptor of who we are to engage or take initiative in engaging. Um, responsible uh, uh, and, and uh, generous engagement, then, is also a reflection of Christ. 
we who are reflecting Christ and reflecting the holiness of God naturally then will reflect the nature of God, which is to reach, to help, to engage, to restore. It's part and parcel to the reflection of God in us. God's holy nature motivates us to engage. A third principle here as to why we engage is when we realize that in fact, every person, every single person is created in the image of God. And it's incumbent upon kingdom people to see the remnant of that image upon every single person and to acknowledge their dignity as created in God's image. Doesn't matter what their station in life is, doesn't matter what their history is, doesn't matter what they've done, doesn't matter their current, the current words coming out of their mouth, the current behavior, their current action, their current attitude. Every person is created in the image of God. One of the other episodes that I do in another series is called the Blue Dot Continuum. And I tell people the idea is to go and find little blue dots in every person. And that represents the vestiges of God's image in them. And then to nurture that closer and closer to God so that more and more of that blue will start to show up, you see. Every person, no matter how far away from God they are, has the image of God within them. And we are motivated as kingdom people to go and see that image in every person and to partner with the Holy Spirit in restoring that image back into wholeness. Another motivator, uh, fourth motivator as to why we engage is that we see people first. Every person is our, no, is our neighbor, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done or what they believe. Every person is our neighbor. Now, you know the stories in Scripture, and you, particularly the Good Samaritan story, uh, of the truth that's driven home by Scriptures, that every person is our neighbor. And so we start with eyes that see the person, not the behavior. When you look at someone who's very different than you, you begin by seeing the person before you see the theology, the doctrine, the behavior, the political persuasion. You see the person, and that has value. That motivates us to engagement. A fifth principle that motivates us to engage is the fundamental starting point that truth is a person more than a proposition. Later on, I'll explain this one considerably more, but let me just say this, that we understand that Jesus is the truth. He said, I am the truth. We see truth then as a person to be introduced to those who have never met him to be brought into cultural circumstances that are very foreign to the environment that Jesus would create. We see truth as a person. We don't see truth first as a proposition to be taught, imposed, or projected into a cultural environment that is swirling around different propositions. Let's just bring Jesus and the kingdom of Jesus into 
exposure and connection engagement with our culture. A sixth and final um, motivating principle is exactly that, that our mission is to bring the kingdom near. Jesus came into the city and he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We are citizens of the kingdom. We are compelled by an identity that's been reshaped by the nature of God reflecting Jesus. And our principal citizenship is not with our nation, not with our culture, it is with the kingdom. So before I am an American, I am kingdom. Before we are a particular uh, cultural, ethnic identification, whether it's Filipino or Japanese or, or um, uh, South African or whatever it is, before we are that, our citizenship is in the kingdom. And our mission then is not to promulgate or not to multiply or perpetuate our earthly citizenship or our cultural nuances and patterns on others. It is to bring the culture of the kingdom into engagement with the cultures of this world, wherever they are. And we are motivated by bringing the kingdom of heaven into proximity. And we do that not by convicting people of sin, that job's already taken, so don't try and apply for that job. The Holy Spirit has that. Our role as kingdom citizens is to represent God and reflect Jesus. We leave the conviction to the Holy Spirit. Why do we engage? Well, it's our natural response to the wonderful love of God that's transformed our lives. And it overflows out of us. And because God is in us, the priorities of God are manifested through us. And because God's chief priority is to engage and reconcile people back to himself, that drives us in the same priority to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be anchored in our identity while reaching the cultures and to generously engage in a way that makes a difference. I look forward to having you join me in the subsequent episodes where we're going to unpack many of these principles. God bless you. Let me encourage you that who you are is more important than what you do. The lure of defining yourself by your performance is stronger than you might think. So join me in upcoming weeks as we explore the whole leader God created you to be.